I'm joined today with uh, Alan Gingrich, and we're going to talk about some of the frequently asked questions in reference to Hunting Retriever Club. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonubit, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Hey there. So I'm Dominic Moyo, and today I'm joined by Alan Gingrich, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about HRC and some of the services that UKC provides that affiliate group. Um, you know, HRC is one of our closest affiliate groups. We, we provide a lot of different services to different organizations, um, but as far as HRC, we are extremely involved, and so a lot of times HRC and UKC can be used synonymous, synonymously and interchangeably, but they're not exactly the same thing. And so we're going to talk about some of the different services that we provide and some that are exclusively provided by Hunting Retriever Club. So, uh, Alan, you got a pretty extensive experience when it comes to retrievers, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. But uh, I, I trust that you're going to uh, have a lot of the answers today. But uh, no, I do know a little bit about them, but not like uh, like you or Todd would. But uh, uh, no, I uh, it's one of our big segments here at United Kennel Club. So I'm, uh, you know, I've been more involved here in the last year, being the hunt director for the hunting ops department. Um, so I'm still learning a lot about it and, and want to learn a whole lot more than I already know. But yeah, I know it's a, it's a, a big part of our, of our department. HRC yeah. is. Yeah, it is. Now for people who are just tuning in for this episode, I know you've done a couple of our episodes on coonhounds and beagles and everything, but can you kind of, uh, talk about your past here with, uh, UKC just a little bit to give our listeners an idea of who you are? Sure. I started in 2004. And I started in the coonhound programs uh, where I had experience in competing with coonhounds and beagles as well. So four years into it, I was uh, took on some more responsibilities. I, I uh, uh, also took over the beagle programs at that point. So I did coonhounds and beagles both. And obviously coonhounds is one of our biggest segments. It's, it's very large. And beagles is one of our smaller ones. Uh, so, but then since then I've took, taken on even more responsibility and I'm kind of oversee all of the hunting ops departments, including yours, which is the HRC. So that's why I still have a lot to learn with that, but there's not so much to, for me to learn on that as far as the, the ins and outs of the program. That's what we have you for and, and other managers of the specific programs, but I just kind of, uh, help you guys along best I can, you know, when you need help as far as, uh, and maybe some advice as, as when it comes to the overall department and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm the uh, field trial and hunt test program manager. So I oversee our existing UKC pointing dog programs, our elite shed dog series, um, the new American field programs, which we recently acquired. And uh, I also oversee our affiliated organizations that have a relationship that kind of falls under that hunt test and field trial category, which HRC is one of them. 
And so that's kind of where I come from and, and where I help out in here. Uh, so that's a little bit of a background about my position. Now, I came on board here past December. So I'm relatively new to the team. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's been coming up recently is, uh, you know, some questions. I, I've been around long enough here to, to know of some certain questions that are reoccurring or, you know, people are kind of fuzzy on what their processes are for certain things. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about in this episode is, is a little bit of that and, and help answer some of the most common questions. Yeah. So, and I think that's good. You know, I read some of the notes, some of the bullet points you made for the topic. So, and, and I think that's good. We, I see a lot of the, the questions that we all get in the department on a weekly basis, you know, so I think this is a good opportunity, a good platform to uh, cover those. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, by, by no means are we saying that we're going to refer you to this podcast episode if you call in with, with one of these questions. But for those of you who do like to get your information from this sort of platform, you know, it's, it's a good way to tune in and learn a little bit more. Um, you know, before we, uh, before we get into some of the questions that we have on tap, it's, it's worth talking a little bit about the HRC and UKC relationship. So the Hunting Retriever Club is one of, if not the closest affiliated organizations with the United Kennel Club. Uh, this relationship has been ongoing since the formation of HRC, um, and that's probably part of the reason that there's so much of a, a close association between the two. And, uh, you know, we, we provide a lot of services like the Hunting Retriever publication. We manage a lot of that. Um, we renew HRC memberships. Of course, we do your title certificates and mail them out. Um, you know, we register your dogs, of course. And so, um, you know, that, that takes up a big chunk of what you're used to seeing from UKC. But there's also certain tasks that the uh, Hunting Retriever Club performs themselves. So they do their own running rules. They make their revisions to their rule books. Uh, they license their own judges, and they also issue some speci some special uh, awards, like handlers' jackets, judges' jackets, uh, awards for different point clubs. And so, you know, there's there's a little bit of a, a difference, a differentiation between the two and what services we provide. Yeah, and you know, we have several employees in our hunting ops department, uh, including Amanda, uh, Lacey, and Morgan. Uh, who are all part of the day-to-day -day operations here at the UKC office. Uh, with that, they also have their own segments they are assigned to and specialize in. Um, so, But when it comes to HRC, it's Morgan Williams uh, is that contact person uh, here at the UKC office when it comes to the HRC. Then there's also uh, Tammy Cobb, uh, who is affiliated with HRC, and explain the difference between uh, the roles of Morgan versus Tammy. I think this would be a good opportunity to do that. Yep. So, uh, you know, there's, um, there's also worth mentioning, too, you said some of our staff in the hunting ops office. So one of the contact points for that, and we'll probably re-reference this throughout the episode, but if you need to contact the hunting ops office through email, that email is huntingops at UKC dogs, and that's dogs plural with an S. Dot com. And also, when you call in, this is a start of a frequently asked question. Uh, some people automatically go through the phone queue and don't pay attention to the menu or anything and end up in registrations phone queue, which is, it can be sizable at times. And so 
uh, we actually have our own phone queue in there. So when you call in, it'll give you the phone menu and mention uh, hunting ops. Yeah. And so if you select that option, that's going to put you in contact with those individuals that Alan mentioned a, a moment ago. Yeah. And just for our listeners, again, you know, sometimes if they get in the uh, in in the registration queue, uh, they'll they'll experience they may experience a delay they won't get an answer right away but we don't have that in our department you know so they shouldn't be discouraged by that you know if they get into the right department they they won't be if there is a delay it'll be a matter of less than a minute probably. yeah and if you're one of the listeners who who might not have a dog in the the fight when it comes to hunting ops and you hear that we have a lot of skilled individuals in our office but that doesn't mean try to use us to answer your uh, certain registration questions because sure. there's certain things that we can and can't see on our side of things. So we yeah. might not be able to help you if you just try to use our phone queue because it's a little bit shorter. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, and then you also mentioned the difference, you know, Tammy's, uh, Tammy's role versus Morgan's role. Tammy works from, from home, I guess. Uh, but we can, any calls that come in that need to go to Tammy, we can transfer them from our department. Mm -hmm. And likewise, she can transfer to us. Exactly, exactly. But to dive into kind of the differences between Morgan and Tammy and some of the services they provide. So Morgan, uh, she's the one that if you're a club and you're trying to confirm an event, she's the one that's going to confirm your your uh, dates and, and approve your event requests. Um, and then it's sent over to Tammy. Now, Tammy's going to be the one that approves your, your event premiums, approves the judges, things like that. Um, and also when we go back to Morgan, she's the one that typically will do corrections on hunting retriever, uh, club memberships. And then Tammy is the one who's going to be approving things like new judges, judges, seminars, new clubs, stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, hunting ops, of course, we're typically the ones that people are going to reach out to about points corrections. Hey, I'm missing points here or, um, you know, this is incorrect. I earned this at this event. And so we and the hunting ops are the ones that correct that. Um, and like I mentioned before, Tammy would be the one processing special rewards. So while yeah. we're issuing your titles, we're not over um, ordering or, or distributing those like handlers jackets or your crystal grand uh, award or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So with all that said, and they can also easily be reached by their by their personal emails, which for for Morgan here at the UKC off, and her name is Morgan Williams. So that's uh, just a simple M, like her first name, and then Williams at ukcdogs.com. And then for um, for um, uh, Tammy, her email is admin at h hyphen r hyphen c hyphen dot com. No hyphen after the C. No hyphen after the C. Okay. Yep. Be corrected there. So, and then the, the universal one is the hunting ops at ukcdogs.com email mm -hmm. address. And that's the email address you want to use for your point slip submissions and exactly. stuff like that, because that's viewed by the whole team. And so you're going to get a little bit quicker service because whoever's available on that email queue is going to address those, those certain edits and changes. Um, so that's, I, I like that. I like that ad or that email address. It's easy for folks to remember if they can just remember the hunting ops department. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that hunting ops at ukcdogs.com. Yep. Um, well, with all of that being said, uh, let's get into some of those, uh, those questions we've heard come through hunting ops. Yeah. You noted some of those. So the, the question number one is one we get a whole lot. We get it, we get this weekly. So this should, this deserves to be at number one. So here's a question. Uh, my dog wasn't registered at the time of the event, 
but earn passes. What do I need to do to ensure my points are accounted for? Yep. And so we kind of alluded to that. Uh, in that type of situation, what you're going to do is uh, take a picture of your uh, pink slip is what they call them. That's your point slip. It's like a little points receipt you get when you pass an event. Um, you're going to write your registration number down on it if it wasn't already on there, because if your dog wasn't registered, it's not going to have a number at the time that that slip was generated. Write your number on there. That way nobody can find it at an event if it slips out of your pocket and claim yeah. it as their own. And uh, send a picture over to that hunting ops email. And you're going to say, hey, my dog is registration number so-and-so. Um, it earned points at this event, wasn't registered at the time. Now it's registered. Please at these points. Yeah. And let us, it, the, the slip will tell us where, when, and where it was. So yep. yeah. That'll have all that information on there. The only thing we would have been missing would have been the dog's uh, registration number. So, yeah. Correct. Um, and a, an additional point to kind of mention in there as well, uh, there are a couple of third-party event entry websites out there. Uh, a lot of clubs use them to manage their entries and take payment and all of that. Uh, so those aren't affiliated with us. So when right. your dog gets a registration number or you type something in, it doesn't automatically cross-reference with our system. So once you get your registration number, make sure you put it into one of those third-party uh, websites. That way when they send off pink slips to the club of here's all your entrants, it's already on that pink slip. So that'll actually avoid having to send us those slips. If there's already the registration number on there, when the club sends us their results, it's going to automatically get populated when we process those results. Um, hey, one other thing that I would add, you mentioned taking pictures of their wind slips, scanning them. If they have the ability to scan them, that's even better. Absolutely. And you can scan up to two or three passes at a time or slips at a time. Mm -hmm. But if you do take a picture of it, make sure you put your phone or what your, uh, your camera over top of it and get a good photo of it and not sitting back and take some weird angles. Sometimes mm -hmm. those uh, pictures like that are hard to for us to make copies of because we need to make record of it as well. So yep. make sure it's a good picture that we can actually print off and, and read to make sure we get your points added. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, back to the third-party systems, If you uh, even if your dog's registered at the time, if you use one of those systems and you, you know, fat finger accidentally key the wrong yep. number yep. or the wrong letter or something like that in the dog's registration number, when we get that pink slip from the club, it's going to have the wrong number on it. And so we're going to be keying points for the number on that pink slip. And so if it's not correct in your third-party system that you're using, then the points might not be assessed. Now, we can always fix that in retrospect, but it's always better to sure. correct it ahead of time. Sure, sure. So, All right, anything else on that one? Going back to the third-party thing, um, some of them track dog points. Now, they're not official services. So what they provide is not an official points check. Sometimes handlers have to manually enter how many points their dog has. Um, so if it says your dog has five points and you know you ran four started tests and so you should have um, 20, then it's, it's not going to necessarily be your official points. It might be a little bit incorrect. So right. uh, if you need to check on your points, use the official um point check request on the UKC website. That's correct. All right. So uh, ready for number two? Absolutely. All right. Question number two here is, my dog earned their title a few months ago. Why have I not received the certificate? Yep. And so that one comes up a little bit. Um, and it's, if you know your dog's received this, the points that 
have added up to it receiving a title. And you, again, you can cross-reference with that points check online. Um, some of the issues that tend to come from that, or if you're experiencing that, is your address isn't updated. So um, if your address on that dog's registration does not match your current address, the dog's registration is where we're sending that, that certificate. So, you know, it could have been that it was sent out four months ago and it just went to the wrong address. We didn't get a return on it. And so as far as we know, that was sent out. But since your contact information and your address isn't updated in our system, it didn't actually get to you. Um, another, uh, another possible reason for that happening is we're missing a, a certain pass. And mm -hmm. so, again, that's where that points check comes in. If you look at it and go, okay, I'm missing points here, reach out to us and we can try to figure out what event we're missing on our records. And then you can go back through your pink slips and go back through that same process we talked about a minute ago. Uh, but as far as changing your address, uh, it's sometimes it can be confusing because there's HRC memberships and dogs registration. So sometimes people will go through and they'll – change their address on HRC's website for their membership. And that doesn't change your dog's registration address. Right. They assume that changes everything that we have at UKC, but that's not correct. That's not true. Mm -hmm. And so on our website, there's a change of address form. Now on that form, it also has a checkbox that mentions the magazine subscription and HRC membership. So even if you have, I think the form is for like up to 10 dogs, uh, registered numbers are, are able to be put in there, you can go on, say, I need to change my address, put all the dogs that you have or you own that need their address changed, and check that little box. And that's going to make it so that we can uh, change your address on the dog's registration, change your address on your membership, and make sure everything's getting where it needs to go. Um, I will note, if you're a judge or a club officer, that's not part of that. So that's goes back to Tammy, since she manages some of that on the website. Uh, you need to let her know if you're a judge and you change address or if you're a club official and your contact information changes. She'll change that on the HRC website. Yeah, that is correct. And we get a lot of phone calls where they just want to call in to update their address. And the reason we cannot accept a, a an address change over the phone is because of our customer protection policy. And that's just to protect the the dog owner, their records that we don't have just anybody call in and change their dog's records. That's why we need it documented. And that form is a way to do it where they sign off on it. And we, we save all that. And that's the only way we can change their dog's record when it comes to the addresses like that. So, and the other thing I would add to that, if it is more convenient to the owners, they may in fact request and submit the completed uh, change of address form via that same hunting ops email address. And any one of our uh, department associates can email the PDF form to them if that's more convenient for them. And, uh, uh, but yeah. Absolutely. And like, like you said, when matters of, of HRC are concerned with that or is time sensitive with, you know, you know, you just passed this past weekend, your last finished test and that, you know, that certificate's going to be in the mail soon whenever we process those results yeah, and you go, oh man, I just moved like yeah. three weeks ago. I need to change my address. That's where you can take that form and send it over to us at hunting ops because the form will have instructions on how to submit it, mm -hmm. but those instructions reference registration specifically. Yeah. And we do get a lot of those degrees back returned if it went to a bad address or the wrong address or like a previous address in this case that we're, we're talking about. 
Uh, but if if somebody calls in and says they did have that's they figured out that's why they had they hadn't updated their address, and we did receive it, it was returned. We can, in fact, uh, if we have it, we can, in fact, remail that right away without waiting for their uh, change of address form. However, we cannot change their dog's record in the system Correct. until we get their that form. Correct. Yep. Exactly. So. Um, we want to make sure we get those certificates out to you as quickly as possible because they're earned. You know, you worked hard for those. Um, but like Alan said, to protect the security of the uh, the, the registration process, uh, we want to make sure we have that official form in to yeah. change your dog's records. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, question number three here that we have, and this is an, another good one. In the rules you have, you know, a dog can be, uh, can, can compete without being registered and they have 60 days to uh, to get those uh, passes applied if uh, if the dog was not registered. So here's the next question. It's been almost 60 days since I earned my points, but I still don't have my dog's registration number. Will I have to pay to get my points processed? Yeah, that one comes up a lot. And our answer to that is we, we're not going to charge late fees or charge uh, reinstation of of those points if it's a delay due to registration delays. Um, we want to make sure that, you know, you're not suffering from, from any sort of delays you might incur. However, the caveat off of that is if you know you're running your dog, you go an entire uh, season without your dog being registered, your dog earns a title and you go, oh man, I, I never registered my dog. That's, you know, that's where you might run into some of those uh, fees for processing just because it's not due to a delay is due to, you know, you not running your dog. So it's always in your best interest to uh, register your dog ahead of time. Um, and, you know, it also helps you save some certain processing fees because there's there's a, a conditional charges for for trying to sign a dog up for an event that's not registered. And so you'll save on some of those fees. Uh, we also have the temporary listing program as well. Uh, that temporary listing, your dog can't have the titles uh, added to it, but it can have points added to right. it. So if you need that number, that's available on our website. And you can actually get those a little bit quicker than uh, registration numbers. So that yeah. might help you avoid some of those uh, conditional charges yeah. if your dog's not registered. Yeah, in summary, we're going to try to be reasonable with, you know, if there's delays, sometimes there's mail issues, and we could always have the postmark on your on your item that you mailed in, and we'll certainly consider that. So, yep. so yeah, I think that covered it pretty well. Yeah. Ready I, to move on to a different topic? <laughs> yep, a little bit here. Okay, how about some uh, club officer information? We get questions about some of this stuff, so... Dominic, let's talk about the process a little bit to schedule and confirm events if we can. Can you provide some info and explain those processes? Yeah. So the whole process for confirming an event as far as it goes from us until, you know, the the club has it posted somewhere for entry or is starting to take entries. Um, we are we receive a request from a club on checking a certain date. Hey, is this date available? Sometimes we have historic dates, so that process is already done. But say we don't have a historic date for the club, they'll reach out and say, hey, can I have May 5th and 6th for a, an event? And we'll look in. We have to make sure there's no conflicts with any of the other local clubs within their 200-mile um, their radius. And if there's not, we send them an event confirmation form. So they're going to complete that event confirmation form and uh, send it back to us and we'll process the fees, the licensing fees, 
and get it posted to our website and then send send it over to Tammy to confirm the uh, premiums, the judges, and then uh, say you're good to go on that. And then that's where clubs will typically send it off to either a third party um, entry system or they'll take entries themselves. Um, you know, it's one of the things that happens internally is once we confirm the event and send it over to Tammy, we'll typically create an event packet. That's a packet that's full of all the pertinent information and documents for the club, and we'll send it out to them. Uh, something that's important for club uh, officers to know if you're listening to this is to update your officers as frequently as they need updating. And even if that means just confirming with us every year, if you have uh, club elections or anything like that, confirm that it's you're very important. Yeah. Very important. Because if a, uh, if they don't specify where a hunt packet needs to be sent, it's typically going to be sent to the corresponding officer, which is typically the secretary. The, and the one we have on file. Yes. That they designated to us. Yes. So make sure you're updating your club officers whenever they need updating. And, you know, it does, never, never hurts to confirm them, even if there's not been any changes. Yeah. Yeah, going back to confirming an event, by confirming we mean we have processed your deadlines, your fees, all your details for your event. And then the other thing, it does appear on the calendar, on our, uh, on our uh, uh, events calendar, on our website, the UKC website. So that's another one, another place for them to go look at. And if it's, if it's there, that means it's done. If yes. it's not there, then that, it, it's, it's not done yet. Other than it updates, is that a live update or does that do it overnight? Let's say I confirm process one today. Is that going to show up as soon as I'm done with that? Or is that going to uh, update overnight tonight? I believe those and updates show are tomorrow. done overnight. I think that's um, the that, way most of ours are anyways. So. Yep. I believe they pull directly off of our system. So they're they're updated on some sort of scheduling update right. on, on the website side of it. Um, and so, so that means if, you, if, if we did it today, just because we did it today, it's not going to show up this afternoon, but it will update overnight and it should show tomorrow morning. Yep. And, and Tammy's also good, too, because she's not going to approve a premium until, um, until we tell her something's approved as well. But if you have any question about whether or not your event is in Tammy's hands, looking at our calendar and seeing if it's posted there is a, a good uh, a safety net. Because even if we say, oh, yeah, we got that done, you know, it might not have ended up, uh, you know, fully completed or there might have been an issue or payment was declined or something like that sure. where it wasn't. And so you don't want to, you know, count your chickens before they hatch and start advertising somewhere without having true confirmation. This podcast is brought to you by the all new Dogtra Pathfinder 2. Dogtra, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. Okay, uh, Dominic, let's shift gears a little bit. The HRC Fall Grand. Uh, how about some information uh, that we could put out there for that upcoming event? It's going to be held on October 22nd through the 26th in Laverne, Tennessee. That's hosted by the Music City Hunting Retriever Club this fall. Uh, so uh, some information maybe as to the eligibility of dogs, owners, handlers, etc. Uh, how they enter the fall grand maybe, entry deadlines, fees and such. Uh, does the dog have to be registered? Uh, does the dog have to be titled, etc. Yep. And so all the information we're going to discuss here is available on the premium uh, for the grand. 
um, and that is found on the uh, HRC website. So if you ever need to cross-reference something, it's it's available there as well. Uh, but for those of you who might not know or you might be planning to go to your first grand this year, um, some information that's worth knowing is, uh, and this one can sometimes get people into sticky situations, both the handler, who if that's a trainer or yourself, and the dog's owner need to be HRC members in order to run a dog at the Grand or for a dog to be eligible to run. Another eligibility requirement for the dog is it must be registered. Now, it might not be registered at the time that um, the event opens for uh, registration, but it needs to be registered before it closes. So the dates on that is uh, August 22nd of 2020 is when the registration is going to open for the Grand. And then it's going to close on September 7th. Okay. So your dog uh, might not have your, if the best advice is to make sure your dog's registered well ahead of time. So that whole TL number and all of that, that's not going to work for the grand. Um, furthermore, as far as, um, you know, requirements from the dog, the dog must be HRC or HRCH before it, um, it is eligible for the grant. Right. So they do allow a conditional entry for the grant if your dog's not uh, titled and finished before, um, you know, when you first register, but it must be titled before the entries close. And they close at uh, at noon central time. Okay. In September 7th. Um, okay. That brings me to my next question with that. Let's say I just finished my dog uh, the, the weekend before. UKC may not yet have those results. Uh, how does that work for me if I have a dog in that position? How, do, how am I going to deal with that? So typically a lot of those clubs are going to know the proximity to the grand and that that might be a case. However, when you pass, you're going to get that point slip that we talked about earlier. If you email it to us with that same information and say, my dog just got, um, got its title, I'm going to run the grand, I need to make sure these points are assessed and, and its title is in the system, We'll get that process for you to make okay. sure. Okay. Um, you know the uh, the entry for that, and again, this is also on the premium. But there's a specific entry website okay. to enter the grant, and that website is hrcentry.com. Easy that, enough. Yeah. Easy enough. hrcentry.com. And that is almost uh, that is exclusively used for the grant. Um, the the uh, fee associated with entry it's a $400 entry fee um, and if you scratch before entries close it's refundable however there is a $75 scratch fee associated with okay. um, after it closes sure um, you know other than that I think that's that's kind of a 30,000 foot overview of entering the grand and making sure your dog is um, meets all the requirements uh, so Yep. The, the biggest part is make sure your dog's registered ahead of time and that both the owner and the handler are members, HRC members. Members of HRC. And I think you covered a lot right there. You know, if anybody has any questions about that beyond that, what you covered there, uh, again, uh, email Morgan or call us or email you as well or, mm -hmm. or call into the office and we can get to, we can get the answer for you. Yep. And you, uh, Back to the membership, you have to be members by the time that the entries close. And they might be sticklers as well. And make sure you're a member at the actual event. So just make sure you're in good standing and it's not going to be cutting it close because 
it would be a terrible thing if you know you go to show up at the Grand in Tennessee and they say, "I'm sorry, your your membership's expired. Right. It expired three right. days ago." Um, something like that would just it, it's terrible for a dog to yeah. get to the Grand is is an accomplishment in itself to finish sure. out a retriever. Um, just make and, sure you have your ducks in a row. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it can be nerve wracking. You know, I've personally never been to the Grand. I run HRC events. But that's a, a goal of mine, and I've been to the Grand to to watch it in in the capacity of my current position, and I can feel the nerves. I can feel how how nervous it can make a handler to be in that situation. You know, you got five series, and and you're trying to make sure you hold it together and your dog holds it together. Um, and so little little small details might slip through the cracks. So make sure you you get all of all of the logistics squared away before you uh, you try to show up to the grand. Yeah, it's very good advice. No, I think you've covered a lot of detail right there. So again, just like I said, if if there are any further questions, why well, don't hesitate to to call the office or or uh, uh, send those emails out, and we'll certainly get an answer for you. So, all right, moving on to let's talk a little bit about UKC dog registration information. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Something that sometimes can be confused a little bit or misunderstood is that hunting ops is is a separate department from registration. Correct. You know, we alluded to we have a lot of skilled employees within the hunting ops office. Um, we are all still UKC employees, but we divide some of our tasks a little bit. And so there might be things that our hunting ops um, staff can or can't see or can or can't do. Yeah. And I think you alluded to that earlier on here in the podcast, but, and you're right, you know, some of our team members in hunting ops, we, we can answer some of those, but they, the reg, the folks in the registration department are much like us. They can't answer a lot of our hunting ops department. So, or a question. So, mm -hmm. and so it's, uh, you know, don't reach out to us to say, Hey, um, the us, be, us being the hunting ops yes, department, right? Yes. Um, reach out to the hunting ops department two weeks before grants entries close and go, I never registered my dog. Can you register my dog real quick or, yeah. or anything like that? Um, so, you know, there, there's a little bit of a division there. Um, and that also goes back to the phone queue, the phone menu. Um, we have our own queue. Registration has their own queue. So if you get caught in the wrong one, you might wait a while and um, for, for somebody to tell you, hey, I got to transfer you over. So mm -hmm. make sure you... You select the right departments when you're calling in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're using the chat feature, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit, but um, make sure you you help that individual that's helping you in customer service understand what your question is in reference to, so they can make sure you're getting help by the right individual that has the right answers. Right, right. Um, so that chat feature, that chat feature is available on our website. On uh, business hours, I think it opens up at nine in the morning and runs till uh, I think four thirty is when it closes. Um, even if for some reason it's closed, I believe you said that um, you saw it. It says something on there where it helps direct you to um, or puts your question in the queue for when it does open back up. Yeah, what it what it is is uh, on any one of our pages on our website at the bottom right, the box will the chat uh, box feature will pop up on the bottom right. Uh, and that's during working hours. Outside of working hours, uh, there's just a little a black strip that says support there. You can, outside of business hours, you can still click onto that support box and type in your questions and all that good stuff. And uh, 
Uh, but the chat box feature is only there during those working hours that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But that is a that's that can be your friend. And there's we have folks on there that are uh, uh, that will get to you in in no time, and it's it's a good way to correspond with employees here at UKC. Yeah, really is. Yeah. So if you call in and the phone queue is starting to get a uh, little bit of a delay or something, you can always use that chat box, and it the uh, the response time tends to be quicker than than the phone chat. So right. if that's available to you, or you're able to do that. Um, and there's no there's no department's uh, segue. It, it doesn't matter what your question is or where it should go. Uh, just uh, hit that, and they'll eventually get you to the right place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you know when we're also talking about processing paperwork and registrations, mm-hmm. say you send in your your registration paperwork and you want to know um, you know a, a status update on it. Um, there's a if you scroll to the very bottom of any page it's you have to actually scroll it's not going to pop up like that chat window it'll say about what date the registration department is working on mailed in uh, registration so if you sent it last week and you go oh I'm, I'm antsy I haven't heard anything back and you scroll down you're going to see okay they're only processing received through x date so um, mine they're not to mine yet um, and likewise, if you mailed in your uh, your registration information and, you know, it's been a little bit since that's happened, you scroll down to the bottom of the page and you see the received date is, you know, well after when you mailed it in, it might be a good uh, practice to just call us and double check on, on what the status is just so it doesn't get into a situation. I've had people call in and say, well, I sent my registration in eight months ago and I haven't heard back. Well, why are you just now letting us know we want to help and yeah, you know might yeah. have gotten lost in the mail or or who knows what happened could so. be several different reasons mm-hmm. for that right yeah so so you mentioned the you you mentioned that uh that box that you can go onto the website on any page again just like the chat box but you can go on any one of our pages now this is going to be the blue shaded box that's on the left hand side mm-hmm. at the very bottom and it'll have those dates uh it'll show the date just like today, it'll have a date today. They are working on mail that was received on this date, mm-hmm. whatever that date was. So you'll have a little bit of an idea if they should already be working on your items or maybe they haven't got to it yet. But that's a good way. That's a good box to check to see where they are. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Another thing I want to, while we're talking about this, uh, another good option that you, that folks have for uh, work is some expedited service. We obviously have next day service, uh, but the middle of the road service is the rush service that we offer. And that is that uh, I'm uh, where, where a lot of folks mess up is you need, if you want rush service, there's a, there's a smaller fee for that, but you need to write rush on the outside of the envelope. And a lot of folks just write it on the inside somewhere or on their paperwork. Uh, but it needs to be written on the outside, just like the instructions say to do so. So when that mail comes in, it gets separated from the regular mail. Yep. And that's what separates it. But we do get a lot of mail where they where they just wrote rush on the inside. But uh, unfortunately, we can't provide them rush service if we can't separate it to put into the expedited uh, line. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've heard heard some of that. They'll check the box on the registration or something like that, and then they'll include the check and and do all that good stuff, right. but we, we don't know till we open it. Right. So oftentimes when we get calls about that very thing, well, I, I paid for rush service. I haven't got it yet. And that's what we find oftentimes. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm just scrolling through to make sure we didn't miss anything. I think we we hit everything we yeah, wanted to I, talk about. I think you did everything. You made notes of it. I think you covered pretty well here. So yeah, hopefully that's helpful for the folks yeah. listening in. Yep. And you know, like I said, I, I play that sport. I, I'm uh, active in HRC uh, events, and so there was a time before I worked here that you know I experienced some of these questions. I ran my first HRC test when my dog's registration number hadn't come back yet. And so I was like, oh, man, what do I need to do with my pink slips and, and all that good stuff? So I had to go through, reach out, ask how to do it and and send in my pink slips. And, um, you know, I, I personally had these some of these questions as well as seeing them come through. So hopefully uh, we're able to to help you guys out using this this platform to ensure you uh, you get the help that you need in a timely manner. Right. And one other thing that I would add, as far as uh, paperwork that does come into the hunting ops department, I think uh, we have a good crew uh, in the department right now and very seldom uh, they're within they're within two to three days of processing uh, club event reports and things of that nature. So uh, they they're staying on top of it. So it's a matter of a, a couple of days and some of a lot of them are they're working on things that came in the same day already. But generally within two to three days they will have those event reports processed two to three days after receiving them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely work diligently over there. We, we do our best to, to make sure we provide the best service to our, uh, our participants. So, um, you know, other than that, you know, we appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to tune into this episode and hopefully you're able to walk away with, with some, some new information that you learned either about our process or a question that you were going to ask. Um, and, and it helps you in some way. Thanks for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and to like and follow UKC Hunting Ops on Facebook and Instagram.